0: Our scripture for today comes from Luke chapter 1. I'll be reading verses 46 through 55. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It was December in 2014, and I had to go to the UPS store to mail a Christmas present. I was 38 weeks pregnant with Annalena. And it may have well been week 47 of my pregnancy. I was totally over it. At the UPS store, the line was, of course, backed up to the door. I stood in line for an hour and was quite dramatic about it. All I could think about was sitting down and the snack that I didn't eat before I left the house. What if I had to go to the bathroom? What if I never actually got to the front of this line? In Christmas Eve worship that year, I sat at the front of our sanctuary after reading aloud for the congregation, our passage for today, the Magnificat. And all I could think that night was, Lord, Mary got to go into labor on Christmas Eve. Why can't I? The season of Advent, the four weeks leading up to Christmas, is a season that has had multiple meanings across thousands of years. Waiting, Christ's first coming through his birth, Christ's second coming at the end of time. All of these meanings are associated with the season of Advent. Scholars believe that Advent was first observed in the first few hundred years of Christianity as a time of intense final preparation for new believers or catechumen who were to be baptized at the Feast of the Epiphany on January 6th. We all handle waiting a little differently. Sometimes waiting is a time of preparation, like when you work really hard to prepare for A competition or a test. Sometimes we wait begrudgingly, like when we're 38 weeks pregnant and stand in line for an hour at the UPS store. Sometimes we wait with excitement, like a child who cannot stop thinking about presents on Christmas morning. In her time of waiting, the Bible attributes to Mary. One of the great hymns of praise. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Today we lit the candle of joy on the Advent wreath. Which has us asking all kinds of questions about joy. Is joy really for me? How do I experience joy in this time that feels dark and heavy? Is joy something God really wants for me? Could I pray? My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, and really mean it? Maybe today is the first time you've paused to think about joy in a long time. Maybe today is another day in a long string of days in which you have longed for the gift of joy and haven't been able to find it. Just like Moses and King David and even Jesus, Mary has been interpreted and applied in many, many ways over time. Mary is a significant figure in the religions of the world and in the hearts of many devoted Christ followers. Woman of valor, woman of sorrows, God bearer, mediator. Mary has many names and connotations. But you know, there isn't a lot of source material about Mary in the Bible. She doesn't appear all that often in the Gospels or the Epistles. But one thing the Bible says about Mary, whether it really meant to or not, is that Mary didn't have any advantage over you or me. Easy for Mary to rejoice, we think. The angel appeared in person to her. She saw Jesus with her own eyes. All that is written about Mary was written in hindsight. If anyone has the advantage, it's we who read Mary's story after she lived it. Mary is as ordinary as you and me. She experienced political oppression. She experienced loss. She knew the hurts and joys that come with being human, with being a wife, with being a mother. Mary experienced great challenge. The Bible did not accidentally put words of praise in the mouth of this woman who became pregnant out of wedlock with a child not belonging to her fiancé. Who faced the hardship of migration to protect her children. Who witnessed her son choosing a life path which she must have struggled deeply with. This woman who was present at the foot of the cross and prepared her son's body for burial. This woman who was present in the upper room with the eleven after Jesus' death. Ascension. It is no accident that the Bible has this woman praying. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. One day, as Jesus taught in Luke chapter 11... A woman in the crowd enthusiastically raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is your mother who bore and nursed you. And Jesus replied, Even more blessed are those who hear God's word and guard it with their lives. In the book of Luke, Mary embodied this wisdom before Jesus taught it. Her source of joy was not because of her position or title or any external circumstance of her life. Her joy was a condition of the heart. Her heart's confidence in its relationship to God. Or as her cousin Elizabeth puts it right before our passage starts today, Mary was blessed because she believed that the Lord would do what he said. Notice in whom and in what Mary rejoices. Her song of praise is about more than the action of God in her one small life. Mary praises the action of God on behalf of all God's children. She rejoices because God has finally filled the empty bellies and hearts of all hungry people. She rejoices because God has remembered all of those deemed insignificant, forgotten, or worthless. Mary rejoices because God has made clear that there is no force in this world or in us that can prevent God from showing mercy, from redeeming the world. It's important for us to understand a few things about joy. Joy is not something we generate ourselves. Joy is different than happiness. Joy is not only Emotional or mental excitement or elation. Joy is more than all that. Joy is the fruit of love. In other words, the source of joy for the Christ follower is in the Christ follower's obedience to Christ. Joy is a gift of the spirit, the Bible tells us. It is a condition of the heart that is confident in its relationship to Christ. The heart that knows it is a sinner, forgiven, accepted by God's grace. A heart that knows it can trust in Christ as its daily companion. Joy is celebration that gives us strength to follow Christ As one chorus says, joy is the banner flying high over the castle of my heart when the king is in residence there. When Christ dwells in our hearts, when Christ has the place in our hearts that belongs to God, when we are obedient to the work of Christ in us, there is joy. Now, what in the world does all that mean? At several points in the New Testament, the writers refer to two different conditions. Living in the flesh and living in the spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, the writer describes the evidence of living in the flesh. Things like seeking pleasure, at the expense of other people, stirring up conflict or becoming violent in word or deed, disregarding the needs of other people, allowing anything, including our own agendas or drive for independence, to take the place of God in our lives, allowing anything to take the place of prayer in our lives. And then the writer goes on to say in Galatians chapter 5, verse 26, But the fruit, singular, of the Spirit is love. And then the writer says, Love looks like joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So when the spirit is in the driver's seat of our lives, when the spirit is the energy force of our lives, there is joy, a condition of the heart confident in its relationship to Christ. So here we are in our time of waiting. Waiting for the celebration of Christ's birth. Waiting for Christ to come again. For God's dream for the world to be made real. Waiting for healing. Waiting. In all of our waiting, are we preparing? Is the condition of our hearts confidence? in our relationship to Christ? Are we believing that God will do as God has promised? Are we rejoicing in God, our Savior? Recently, I came across in a story from a book written by James Moore. He tells it this way. Many years ago, there lived in a small village a cobbler by the name of Conrad. He spent his days mending shoes brought to him by the villagers. He lived alone and was poor, but always had a warm and friendly word for others. When Christmas came, his neighbors knew Conrad had no family with whom he could share his Christmas. And on Christmas morning, thinking how lonely Conrad must feel, his neighbors decided to pay him a visit. As they entered his house, they gazed in amazement. Instead of a dreary room, they saw a place made festive with holly and evergreen. Christmas decorations brightened the walls and hung gracefully from the rafters. And Conrad's table was set for two Obviously, he was expecting a guest. Who is coming to visit you? The neighbors asked. And Conrad replied, Last night, the Lord appeared to me in a dream. He told me that I would not be alone on Christmas Day, for he himself was coming to be my guest. That is why I have prepared so joyfully. Everything is ready now. I am waiting for him to come. Waiting in times of uncertainty is hard work. We're tempted to fill all the empty spaces in our hearts and on our calendars with all our usual ways of coping, of helping ourselves feel better. But before these last few days, Ahead of Christmas become full. How might you pause and listen? What preparation is happening in your heart and soul? Making way for Christ in you. What do you need to turn from? To release so that Christ can be the center of your life and so that prayer can be your primary response in all things. Regardless of how you struggle in these days to believe, to love, to have faith, be assured of this Christ is always waiting for you. Behold, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. Amen.
1: What can I give to the king? Give to the one who has everything What can I give? What gift can I bring? What can I give to the king? What can I give to the king? What can I give to the king? Give to the one who has everything What can I give, what gift can I bring What can I give to the king What can I give to the king Give him a heart that's opened up wide Give Him a life that's got nothing to hide Give Him a love that's tender and true And He'll give it all back to you Yes, He'll give it all back to you
0: My prayer for you today is that you can feel confidence and assurance in your heart about your relationship with Christ. I know that Christ is at work in your life. And if you are at a point on your journey where you need to talk with someone else about how God is inviting you to take your next step in faith, I want you to know that you are always welcome to reach out to us. Give us a call or send us an email. We pray for you. We are here to listen for how God is working in your life as you take your next steps in faith. As we go from this time of worship together today, receive this blessing. Be people of joy. Let joy live in your heart And share the joy of Christ with all you meet. Share joy by seeing the good in each other. Share joy by remembering good times and hoping for good times to come. Share joy by praying for our world. In this Advent season, we need to see, feel, and share joy. As you go out into the wonder of God's creations, share joy, peace, and hope with those you meet. Amen.